Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ms. Doyle, soon to be Mrs. Marco, is our school counselor here at St. John's at our school. And a week or so ago, she sent out an email to all the school families, and in the subject line it said, Connect and be present. It was a good reminder to pursue relationships right now during this stay-at-home pandemic season. But Mrs. Doyle didn't uh, just remind us to do that. She also gave us a helpful tool, a sheet of paper with a bunch of questions for different age groups that you could ask each other, maybe around the dinner table, to help you connect and be present. So anyway, one of the fun questions on there was, if you had one superpower, what would it be? So that was a good, fun discussion around the dinner table. Invisibility was mentioned. Shrinking in size was mentioned. Uh, talking to animals was mentioned. One person still uh, debating what their superpower would be. I was like, whatever Captain Marvel, or is it Marvel? Anyway, whatever Captain Marvel's power is, I want her power. But I got to admit that the best superpower mentioned as we were connecting and being present with each other around the dinner table was this one. I never heard it before. It's the ability to eat as much candy as you want and not get sick or get a cavity. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Put it in the Facebook Live there page. People want to know what that power is. And speaking of that cool sheet of questions, I'll try to put it on social media for you as well. But it's kind of interesting, that question about superpowers. It's interesting that we have a fascination in our culture with superpowers. In fact, from 2000 to 2019, there have been a bunch of superhero movies produced. And by one count, there's been 104 superhero movies in the past 20 years. I was kind of shocked about that, that statistic because I mean, that's a lot of superpowers. I think that we're fascinated uh, with these superpowers, though, I think we're fascinated because we really like the idea of having some sort of power or ability to overcome things that need overcoming in our lives, in our families, in our community, in our culture, in the world. It's sort of this meta-narrative that everyone wants good to overcome bad, for the broken to be fixed, for justice to reign over injustice. And well, superpowers help with that. Now, the candy one, that might be debatable, but, you know, who knows? But it got me thinking about that word, power. I think, in general, there are a lot of negative connotations to the word power. Now, if we connect it with super, superpower, we're okay with that. We talk about losing power in our homes. That's not so bad. We talk about powering up our iPhones, our iPads, our devices. Well, that's positive. But a lot of times, when you hear the word power, unfortunately, there are some bad connotations to it. High schoolers, look up the difference between denotation and connotation. It's going to be on the SAT next year. But some of the negative connotations with power have to do with how power has been used and how that use of power has been exposed. And it's been exposed often as being an abuse of power. And if you've ever been around someone who is power hungry or on a power trip, it's frustrating, it's demoralizing, it's defeating, it's at times abusive. And sometimes when we hear that word power, we think about war. We think about 
politics. And then we got that phrase, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so when we're confronted with that word power, we've got sort of some soul searching to do. How are we going to react to it? See, today, as we consider the ascension of Jesus, we just read about in Luke 24, the ascension. And if we look to Acts chapter 1, we see the ascension again. The ascension of Jesus. It happened 40 days after Ezer. He rose from the grave. And the ascension of Jesus has a lot to do with power. But it's a power that's for us, for you who believe. Now, right before Jesus ascended, he spoke to his disciples and he said, Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He said, You will receive power. Jesus, he's talking a lot about power around his ascension. And we kind of have to ask ourselves can we strip ourselves, strip from ourselves the negative connotations and think only of the positive? And Sometimes I think it's helpful maybe to use the word empowered or empowerment to kind of think of the positive sides of power. I have a feeling that many of you during this stay-at-home season of this pandemic, many of you feel like your batteries are running in the red, just a few percentage points from uh, dying. You feel like you're about to lose power. Being empowered right now sounds really good. Now, the disciples of Jesus 2,000 years ago, they needed to be empowered too in a big way because the Jewish leaders, they didn't like Jesus. They didn't like his followers. Pretty soon a great persecution would come upon the church and many Christians would, would be killed for their faith. 2,000 years later, here we are not experiencing the same sort of persecution that the early church was. But I have a feeling that many of you are feeling powerless right now. You want to control this whole COVID-19 pandemic and all the implication it has for you and for your family and for, uh, for our culture, for our church, for the world, right? You want to control something, but you can't. In many ways, you're powerless. Some of you feel powerless to the pull of temptations in your life, and you've been fighting those temptations. You've been fighting those addictions for years. You feel powerless. Some of you feel powerless to the abuses of power you've endured in your past or maybe even right now. And I'd argue that every one of us, every one of us has some sort of powerlessness in our lives. Every one of us wants to be empowered. And I think that the Apostle Paul would agree. He knew this power of the ascension. He knew about being empowered in powerless times. And so he wrote the letter to the Ephesians, a church that he loved and he had spent three years with. And talk about quarantine, talk about isolation. He wrote this letter to his church family from prison. He was far away. He had no Zoom, no email, no text, no, uh, no emails, no text messaging, no United States Postal Service. Letters had to be hand-delivered. He wrote a letter to help them grow deeper in their faith, to experience power in all the positive ways. He wrote that letter from isolation, and I hope in our isolation it speaks to us. He writes, Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, right? I keep praying Daily, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and I love this part, so that you may know him better. 
I'm praying for that. The leaders at St. John's are praying that for you, that during this time, I know that there are some profound opportunities right now for you to know God better. I pray that you see them and that you embrace them. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that you may know his incomparably great power. There it is again for us who believe. We watch movies about superpowers. We know about power for our homes and for our devices. We know about the power in the world that has been corrupt. But Paul wants us to know the incredible greatness of God's power for us, for you who believe, who have faith in Jesus. And I hope that we can strip away some of those negative connotations to the word power. Paul unpacks that word power, the power of God, even more. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he, God the Father, raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That's power. And it's for us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is for us. I mean, think about that. The power that humans have harnessed has never been able to raise a human being from the dead, let alone after three days, let alone to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's the ascension, right? We confess it in the Apostles' Creed all the time. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. God's right hand. What does that mean? Is it Jesus up in the sky up there at God's right hand? Martin Luther, he traced this phrase throughout the Old Testament, and he discovered that God's right hand refers figuratively to a power that is active and everywhere in the world. The power of God raises Jesus, seats him at the right hand of God, and that power now is active everywhere in Jesus. And more directly, it is for you who believe. Paul was praying for the Ephesians that they might know that very power more deeply and more relevantly in their lives. Not just an intellectual knowledge, but an experiential knowledge, like Paul had experienced. He experienced it in dramatic ways. He went from murdering Christians to being one of the most influential disciples of Jesus. But that discipleship, it wasn't easy. Many times he was in seemingly powerless situation. He had been unjustly imprisoned. In fact, he's writing right Ephesians uh, from prison. He worked tirelessly. He'd been flogged, uh, beaten with rods. He'd been stoned. He'd been shipwrecked. Uh, he'd been in danger on rivers and bandits and robbers and hungry and thirsty and cold, sleepless nights. Paul had endured powerless and horrific situations one after another. He got through them. He thrived in them all by the power of the ascended Lord Jesus at work everywhere in the world and most specifically in his life. And so Paul, he's praying hard. He's praying hard that the Ephesians would really know that, experience that power, be empowered by God in Jesus. And he goes on to tell them that, that Jesus is greater and I hope that you hear this for your life right now too. Jesus is greater than anything you might feel powerless to. 
Paul was praying it and saying it from a life of experience. It's as if he was saying, St. John's Orange, Peace, Tustin, Church in Ephesus, Jesus. He is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. Whenever I read that verse, I always like to go to our statue of Jesus here in the sanctuary. It's a reminder. I love it. If you have a chance to ever look at this when we're back in church together, if you look, he's standing on a blue sphere. And if you look up close, you see that that blue sphere is not the earth. It has stars on it. It's a depiction of the universe. Right? That's far more powerful than Captain Marvel. Right? Read that verse again. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That is absolute power, my friends, but it is absolutely 100% not corrupt. It's pure energy, clean power. It's all for the body of Christ, which is you. Empowerment for you. So back to Ms. Doyle's call to connect and be present. That question is great. If you had one superpower, what would it be? And if St. Paul was gathered around the dinner table, St. Paul would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not if you have, but you do have. You have one superpower. You have the ascended Lord Jesus. He is your superpower. I love that Ms. Doyle asked us to connect and be present with each other and ourselves, but she also said that's important to do with God. And that's our discipleship pathway. Connect to God. Be present with God. Connect to his power. It's the only power you need for your life. Now, how do you do that? What does it look like every day? But if you've been following superheroes ever, you know that it takes time for them to come to terms with their powers, right? I encourage you to uh, watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You will see that it takes time for Miles Morales to harness and to understand his superpower. And all joking aside, it's kind of not much different for us, my friends. How do you connect with your power, your superpower? First, you got to recognize that you have this power within you and around you because Jesus Christ, the ascended Lord, is everywhere. And then when you recognize that power, you begin to tap into the power, just like your, your phone. It works best if you charge it regularly, right? Coming to worship once a week like you're doing right now. Talking to God in prayer as much as you can. Engaging his word, his scriptures at least four times a week. Tap into the power. Harness the power, right? All the superheroes do it, right? That Spider-Man show, the Avengers, the good ones, they come together. You got to do that. You got to get together with others who have that supernatural power, Jesus. You got to grow together with other believers. That's when we harness the power. And then as a church, we are called, as individuals, we are called to unleash the power and charge others up because there are a lot of people in the world and in your life right now, they're running on red and they feel like they're going to die. They're going to lose power if they don't connect, if they don't get plugged in. Recognize the power. Tap into the power. 
harness the power and unleash power into the world. That's a lot of work, I know. It's a lifetime. So I want to give you permission to be patient with yourself with that. Even St. Paul spent three years with Ephesians. St. Paul himself, and he still had to write the letter. He still had to remind them. He still had to continually pray for them that they might know that power. Living with a superpower, that's an eternal journey. It's the only way, the only way to get through the powerlessness in our lives. And so Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, it's mine, it's the leadership's prayer for you. We pray, I pray, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and that you may know his incomparably great power for us, for you, who believe. Amen.